Hey, hey, hey! How you hanging? I'm cozy. I'm really cozy today, but it is also like a spring day in the middle of January, beginning yeah. of January. The weather has been really weird here too. I don't know. The East Coast never wants to be the season that it's actually in. Always keeps you guessing, <laughs> especially Jersey. Goddamn! I know. We were like 20 degree. We were negative. Well, I showed you on Christmas Eve, right? I texted you a screenshot of the weather app. It was like 12 degrees here. Yeah. At night. No, thank free- you. It was freezing. I think it was literally the coldest night of the year so far. And, and this whole week, it's been 56 degrees. I'm like, what the fuck? Beautiful. That's beautiful. That's how you get people sick, Mother Nature. Stop gonna it. Get sick. Exactly. We're all going to get sick. Well, uh, I'm Christina. I'm Justina. Welcome to Magnolia Street. This is a Practical Magic fandom podcast where we get to talk about all things practical magic from the books, all four books and the movie and Alice Hoffman, magic, lore, all that good shit. Yeah. Welcome. Um, So we have a new Apple podcast review. <gasps> so, uh, so exciting. Uh, we love those. We're one step yeah. closer to doing the song episode. I know, guys. Send in those Apple Podcast reviews. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, I think what what do we say? Like we need at least two two reviews, and we just got one, so we, that means we need one we more. We just need so, one more. So Yay. review us on Apple Podcasts, and we'll we'll uh, set up another song episode. And also, I am noticing. Yeah, maybe you're about to say this too. I am noticing, oh. and there are like pie chart thing. We are getting more Apple Podcast listeners as of late. Are we? Like our little graph used to be a tiny little sliver of apple listeners but now it's kind of catching up to spotify so, so guys wait. we know you're there is it is it now an apple pie oh <laughs> that's so cute yeah that was wasn't that an adorable joke <laughs> that was so stupid i'm sorry guys but i was gonna say what was i gonna say fuck what was i gonna say i'm so sorry <laughs> what the fuck was i just gonna say no i don't remember it's gone forget it, fuck it. <laughs> We're talking about reviews. What's the review we have? Okay, so this is from Marissa R. And she says, as a practical magic lover, I can't get enough of this podcast. So glad I came across it. Can't wait to see what magic the Stinas create in 2023. It's a new year. We are excited. And I think that Marissa is one of our followers on Instagram, Garden 13 Thank you so much for leaving that awesome review. And I hope you don't mind that we shared it on our Instagram. Yeah. So guys, send in those reviews. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yes, if you want to get in on the discussion and kind of contribute to letting us know what song episode you want to hear we put a poll up on our patreon you can access that for just one dollar a month it's our seedling tier and on there you can get in the on the discussion weigh in on the polls and whatever discussion topic wins that's what we'll do next and we have one up for the song episodes we put i think like a few concept titles up there for songs that we've already written so you kind of just have to go in blindly we know you haven't heard the song yet but just going on the titles alone you can kind of decipher what the song is about so mm-hmm. whatever topic interests you the most vote for that one and maybe that'll be the topic of our next song episode yeah for sure they're so fun they're so yeah. easy to talk about i know they're um fun. so you get to pick our next song episode but also every month a poll goes up 
uh, we do like four or five options for just general topics. Pick one for the next month that you want to hear about. Yeah. Uh, do you want to tell us what's on the latest poll? Did we did we put up a new poll? Yes, there is a poll for February. So <laughs> as an example for January, y'all, we had like five topics. We had exploring the magic of New England. We could have done Dwight, a character analysis on Dwight. He's the man who comes into Ellie's Verbena shop saying the product doesn't work. We had Lavender for Luck. We had Francis Owen's character analysis and the Claire's audience, clairvoyance, cognizance. As like options, obviously y'all have listened to the Franny Owens episode because that won. But we also have the poll up for February. So we have the song episode poll up there. We have brownies for breakfast. Okay, just picture that in your mind. And we have, as a song, we have phone tree day and one green eye, one blue. And those are the names of the songs that Justina and I, a few of the songs we've written that you can pick from. And then if you want to get in on our February poll, a few of the topics we have is if you want to hear about molasses magic and lore, that's an option. Blood on the Moon, Rosemary Barrier Garden Gate, or Tequila Magic and Lore. So go vote. If one of those sounds awesome you want to learn about, go vote over on our Patreon for $1 and we'll see what we can do. Yeah, man. We'll see where we end up. <laughs> I love that, Gary. You always use that one, that Gary quote. I know. <laughs> Um, That's how I live my life. <laughs> yeah. Live life by practical magic quotes. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but I can't wait for all these topics coming up. We got a lot of good stuff coming up for the new year. So many topics, man. But what are we doing today? Have you ever seen a saguaro cactus? <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, you're about to. Yeah. That's from our beloved Gary Hallett. Do you so, think he would fall for Gary? No. No, I don't. He's not, he's not my type. Okay. He's not my type. I don't know. What if he got you out of a jail sentence? All right, then, you know, if if he's going to get me off the hook, then I guess it's looking pretty, pretty good. <laughs> I heard Practical Magic sent us that link of Timothy Alphant, who was going to be cast as Gary. I think that's the guy's name, the actor's name. Yeah. And he was on, on like Jimmy Fallon or something, telling his story about his audition for Gary and no. the whole mishap that happened. I miss it's that. It's so cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send right. it to you and we'll link it on the this episode yeah because we could do a whole discussion on potential gary's we think right. would have been when we, a good when idea we do our gary character analysis episode we could deep dive into that a little more gary analysis gary, gary. nope that's a stretch <laughs> basically that quote that we said before that's from the movie when gary is about to flip different shaped pancakes for little antonia can i see your gun or do you have a gun he's like no uh-huh can i see it uh-uh yeah she's cute she's cute she's like that annoying cute it's like get mm-hmm. out of here um, <laughs> go bother somebody else for a change <laughs> and then instead he's like you ever seen a saguaro cactus and then he flips all these pancakes for her and then all those pancakes go in the garbage i know Right? I know. She just dumps them. Yeah. It's like they saw the toad throw up Jimmy's ring. They didn't even then, get to breakfast. And then they didn't, they didn't even eat the breakfast. That's, you know, that's like one of the things that pisses me off about movies is like when they like make a whole meal and then somebody fucks up the whole like scene or dinner and then like uh-huh. they end up. They never like, eat the meal. They never eat the meal. I feel so I- unfulfilled in that moment. <laughs> I'm like I want pancakes. That is a big thing. Yeah, I've I noticed that to too in a lot of movies. Now. I always say this to Avi. Whenever we go out to like I don't know, like an IHOP or like a Friendlies or like a diner of some sort, I'm like I love diner scenes in movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I watched Pulp Fiction the other night just to see the diner scenes. They're so nostalgic. I freaking love them. Like those old like greasy spoon type diners. Mm-hmm. And Gilmore Girls, like it's just like Luke's Diner is just like a everybody knows your name. Cheers. Yeah. You know, do you yeah. help yourself to coffee? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have a um, Johnny Rockets by you? Have you ever Mm-mm. been to a Johnny Rockets? Mm-mm. 
It's like a 50s style diner. Oh, cute. They used to be, well, I think it still is in the mall over here, but I don't know if they still do it, but they used to, whenever Respect came on by Aretha Franklin, all <laughs> the employees would like just drop whatever they were doing and then like, Ooh, just break out so into dance. Fun. It was so much fun. I don't think they do that anymore, though. Oh, I used man. to do it. I would always just go there just to like choose that Try song. Try to catch them. They had these little <laughs> tabletop jukeboxes in your booth. That's and, adorable. And you could pick whatever song. And I would always like try to pick that song because I wanted them to like break out into song and dance. They're like, we're so fucking sick of this. Yeah, yeah. We had a place back home called the Soda Jerk, which was like an old, yeah, the same thing. It had like a little jukebox in your booth and stuff like that. I love that. Is that the song? Is she in uh, Blues Brothers? Aretha Franklin? Is she? I don't know. There's like a diner scene. Is it? They're all singing. Shit, there's a Um, diner scene. Now I'm going to have to go watch that movie. We started a thread, by the way, on our Discord called You Should Watch. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All the videos that I think Abraham, what is it? Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter or whatever is on there right now. That's the only thing. But we just sling out all these vid- movies so fast you know we might as well keep a log of all the shit we talk about now we're just gonna add pulp fiction blues brothers yes <laughs> watch all these movies guys we'll post those in the discord but anyway so today yeah, yeah we're talking about the saguaro cactus yeah and first thing is pronounced saguaro and the word cactus comes from cactos it's a greek name which was given to a spiny plant commonly found in sicily that's really funny like isn't they- that cool they gave a Greek name to a plant found in Sicily. Well, wasn't like that whole like empire? Wasn't Sicily part of that whole empire? I, yeah, I guess so. Like the Greeks yeah. and the Romans. I don't know. They're all in cahoots. Yeah. So that is really like the only scene that a saguaro cactus that Justina was saying that pops up in the movies is like a split second thing. And it's surprising that we even see the cactuses being thrown out later on, like yeah. in the actual shape or the pancakes being thrown out. Um, But that's the only that's the only time it pops up and kind of like, what did we just talk about? Louis L'Amour. It's one line. Yeah. Um, But we want to talk about it because I did not know that there was so much magic and like sacredness connected Sacred, to the yeah. saguaro cactus. Not even cactus, just desert magic in general it's oh a, yeah right oh, yeah. and jillian spends a significant amount of time in the mm-hmm. desert because she kind of runs off to the west coast she gets involved with jimmy he's kind of an outlaw yeah. out there kind of doing his thing in the desert and he's from croatia you know that's like that the actor <laughs> yeah well yeah well the actor and well jimmy's from bulgaria right mm-hmm. but is it that same kind of is that the same like region bulgaria and croatia is like is that eastern they're, europe? it's eastern europe yeah they're they're okay. not super close okay but i think my point being like there's so much mysticism in that part of the world that yes. he probably brought back with him to the states like i'm sure jimmy is in cahoots with with the devil in some way shape or form oh absolutely by the way i love um, the songs that depicting like the devil as like a well-dressed man or the I, there's another country song it's like the devil drives a long cadillac stuff like that like yeah. and i was getting to think of how like a lot of the time this goes back to our songwriting stuff we a song we have from jimmy's perspective about yeah. being like the devil of the desert like okay like he's a greasy dude oh but he's God. a handsome like alluring character right that's like, kind if you of don't like know the appeal of the devil exactly right? yeah in hollywood, exactly. anyway. in hollywood that's how they get eve to eat that apple you know sex appeal which by the way i think apple magic is gonna be my topic for is it month. i think so okay okay yeah it's perfect because winter apples are a winter fruit so mm-hmm. there you go but yeah there's so much connected i'm glad i, I can't wait yeah. to hear about it right so yeah so the apples big symbol of like temp- that temptation that devil 
people on your shoulder and going back to Jimmy and being of the desert. I think I'm picking up what you're putting down, like yeah. the desert magic that's already there mixed with the Eastern European magic that yes. the character Jimmy possesses and putting those two together is just like a, an explosion. Uh -huh. You know, it, there's so much there. So we're going to talk about this Saguaro cactus in itself and then just more like generalized cactus and desert folklore. And we have a couple stories from different contributors online. Yeah. But where does the Saguaro cactus or cactus in general have any place in the books? Does it pop up in the books at all? We're going to tell you. Yeah. So Jimmy's arm is thrown over the seat and Sally can see the ring on the fourth finger of his left hand. It's a big chunk of silver with three panels. A saguaro cactus is etched into one side panel, a coiled rattlesnake on the other, and in the center there's a cowboy on horseback. Even Sally understands that you wouldn't want to get hit if a man had that ring on. The silver would split your lip right open and it would cut quite deep. And that is from page 79 in the first Practical Magic book. I think yeah. it's the only book that the saguaro cactus is actually mentioned in because it's the only yeah. book that Jimmy was really involved in, right? Right. And then after Kylie and Gideon reconcile on page 203, it says, To Kylie, these trees are comforting and familiar, but to anyone accustomed to the desert, to a man who's used to seeing for miles, past the saguaro and the purple dusk, these maples can seem like a mirage, rising above the green field from out of the heat waves and the rich, dark soil. So in this sentence, it's talking about how the trees that are comforting and familiar to her are the maples, not the saguaro cactus, just to be clear, right? Yeah. It's just kind of like a juxtaposition against Jimmy, who was used to seeing saguaro in for the For sure. And also Tucson, which we know Tucson, Arizona, is the desert, also makes quite a few appearances in the Practical Magic book just to solidify where both Gary and Jimmy's origins are from. And in that book, I believe they are, uh, they used to be schoolmates, right? They knew mm -hmm. each other from school. Mm -hmm. And then Jimmy becomes an outlaw. And then Gary, who is of the law, a man of the law, is chasing Jimmy down, trying to find out his whereabouts, trying to get him in for what he deserves. He's not a serial killer in, in the book. He's just a drug dealer, right? But he's still a shifty guy. Guilty by, <laughs> yeah, circumstance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a shifty guy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that we're doing this episode right after, basically right after our Louis L'Amour episode, because oh, like I'm kind of in it. I'm kind of yeah. like in the uh -huh. like cowboy seat. That was me. Yeah. That was me like on a saddle <laughs> on a horse. Are you feeling like a pull to like the West now? I feel like I am. I don't know if it's just because Are you? you're so immersed in this literature. Yeah. Like I'm just feeling like I'm, I, I am too. Out, I want to go out there and explore a little bit. I've been listening to um, Orville Peck and and uh, Dwight Yoakam oh, all week. My God. So speaking of Orville Peck, yeah. there's a show on HBO Max. Avi got HBO Max to so we could watch White Lotus, right? So we were like, okay, we need to see what the fuss is about. So we got HBO Max to watch White Lotus, but now we're, I'm like binging all the shows on there while I can because we only have it for a month. Yeah. Watching Trixie. Hotel. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, Peck is on one of those episodes. He's they such a little baby man. I just want to hold him and squeeze him. I like love his voice. He spray paints this like old dingy bar, I guess mm -hmm. like the bottom part of a bar. They spray paint it like this turquoise blue. It's so cool how they redo this room. They made a whole cowgirl room. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so kitschy. Like the whole hotel is so so kitschy. It's so cute. It's adorable. He and uh, Trixie do a duet of um, that Johnny okay. Cash song, Go on down to Jackson. Uh -huh. That song, Go ahead and wreck all hell. It's so good. We need more drag in country music. But Orville Peck's voice, like, dude, it was so weird. 
this is like such a side story. It was so weird how he came into my life. I heard about him through Waba and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? So I looked him up and I was blown the fuck away by his voice because it's like old school country meets Roy Orbison meets like a theater vibrato like tenor. Yeah. He is amazing. And I think I found him like the beginning of May or something. I started listening to him. My yeah. birthday was coming up and I'm like, I'm going to see like when and where he's playing. He was going to be in Charlotte for my birthday. So that's what I went and I saw him and he is as good if not better in concert he's really? so good oh yeah, i love him i hadn't heard about him until you told i think you told me i've seen him like you know i guess like on the internet or i don't mm-hmm. know like here or there he made he might have made an appearance on a show that i've seen him but like i didn't really know mm-hmm. who he was until like you like you told me who he was and then now i'm like seeing him everywhere <laughs> um, i'm glad so- i love him yeah i'm feeling the western of the western i think it's because it has been so cold and we're like we just need a little bit of that dry heat yeah and watching the trixie motel show it's just like giving me all the west coast sunshine that i'm kind of craving right now because because jersey has been so gloom and doom and Mm -hmm. so freaking depressing i don't know i'm feeling the winter blues so hard right now i'm just like i want to go out to california (laughs) but it's like funny like grass is greener on the other side because when i was in california i was like i miss jersey exactly (laughs) can't win jersey sucks right now (laughs) (laughs) well see that makes me think that makes my mind go to like if alice is going to write more stories. I think you and I talked about before of her writing like Regina's story out in California and April's story. So in that case, if ever does happen and we ever get to take that trip to Coopville, that's where our, that I think we should do Southern California first and then make our way up to Coopville for our lives. Do you (laughs) You guys want a Stina's tour? How freaking awesome is that West Coast Stina's tour. Yeah, man. I'm dying to get back out West because I haven't been there in 10 years. I'm itching. I'm getting the itch. All right. So yeah. the saguaro cactus, Sirius gigantius or Grenagia gigantine, meaning gigantic candle, is found only in the Sonora Desert. It is known for its distinctive shape with tall branching arms and a thick ribbed trunk for her pleasure. <laughs> it is the northernmost species in a large group of tropical columnar cacti. So next to the 10-gallon hat, the cowboy boot, there is no more widely recognized symbol of the Southwest than the giant saguaro cactus. And nowhere else in the region can you find more of these famous figures than the Saguaro National Park in the Sonora Desert, just outside of Tucson, Arizona. The saguaro National Park covers about 150 square miles of mountains and desert scrub in two locations, one east of the city and one west of it. In the decades since the saguaro forest first gained federal protection in 1933, Tucson has grown from a sleepy desert town to the second largest city in Arizona, making this outdoor escape increasingly important. So despite providing the backdrop of old westerns set everywhere from Colorado to Wyoming, giant saguaros grow naturally only in the northern reaches of the Sonoran Desert. Saguaros like it hot, so they aren't typically found at elevations above 4,000 feet. Saguaro seedlings are virtually impossible to find because they grow inconspicuously among rocks and other scrubby nurse trees. Saguaros can produce thousands of tiny black seeds the size of a pinhead in one bright red fruit and as many as 40 million seeds in a lifetime, but perhaps only one will actually survive to become a fully grown cactus. This is part of the reason a nurse tree is so important to the life of a saguaro. The tree helps protect the cactus from the hot desert sun and from winter freezes. It also hides it from animals that might eat it and helps to retain moisture. And what 
thing I want to say here is that there's like a misconception that the desert is, is always hot. Right. The desert gets very cold at night. I've been I in a desert where it snows. Yeah, I didn't know this. Like when I was out in LA and like I packed like all like summery, you know, springy kind of stuff. And uh-huh. at night it drops to like 30. It could drop to like 30, 40 degrees at night. It's really yeah. freaking cold. <laughs> we were making snow in Joshua Tree, like not big ones, but like little foot high ones, dude. Uh-huh. It's so weird. Yeah. And. We were camping out one year, just rock climbing, and we were on BLM land, which there's nothing. It's, it was just a dried up lake bed. Yeah. And we had brought like, one of those memory foam pillows. Yeah. Our memory foam pillows were as hard as rocks in the morning. <laughs> our phones were not working. All of our water bottles had frozen. Everything was frozen. Oh, wow. It gets cold as fuck. Yeah. 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 So, guys, um, if you're going to the desert at night, just dress warm because it does get Yes. Hurt. Be careful out there. Yeah. Sororos do use photosynthesis and that their thorns are actually adapted leaves. Sororos make their own food with soaked up water and carbon dioxide. The water travels up the saguaro stem. In the stem, chlorophyll is stored. Chlorophyll makes the cactus green and takes in the energy of sunlight. With this energy, chlorophyll changes water and carbon dioxide into food. This is the process of photosynthesis. I feel like I'm in science class right now. (laughs) That's why I love this podcast. We're we're always learning something. Yeah. The saguaro is adapted to make the most of every drop of rain. The texture of the saguaro is accordion-like, accommodating a large intake of water water. In spring, white and yellow flowers grow atop the spire and arms. They open at night and close at the sun's peak. Nectar-nomming bats are the main oh. pollinators. <laughs> Can you picture nom, like, nom, 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 nom. Little bats like nom, nom, nom. Girl, nom. I had a bat in my basement last night. What? I was trying to get Pepion out and back into the... I had such a weird day yesterday. She would not come out of the basement because we're doing work down there. And I go down and there's a bat like swooping, but I go in and grab her and I'm getting like dive bombed by this bat. I hope he got out of there. I left the door open. Holy shit. Like, yeah. how did you just tell me about this now? <laughs> I, yesterday was so weird. I'll tell you all about it later. Okay, bonus episode. So the cactus has a single deep taproot. As a saguaro grows, its roots spread out as wide as the cactus is tall, eventually taking over the root system of the nurse tree. The saguaro's roots grow only a few inches below the ground in order to absorb as much water as possible before it evaporates. Yeah, because the saguaro grows so slowly, it may take up to 50 to 75 years for them to grow their first arms. Aaron actually told me this. Really? And I had I looked it up just to make sure he was telling the truth. He was. Arms are important to them because they store extra water. After 100 years, they usually have several arms. After 200 years, they have many arms. The saguaro cactus grows as a column at a very slow rate with all the growth occurring at the tip or top of the cactus. It can take 10 years for a saguaro cactus to reach one inch in height. By 70 years of age, a saguaro cactus can reach six and a half feet tall and will finally start to produce their first flowers. By 95 to 100 years in age, a saguaro cactus can reach a height of 15 to 16 feet and could start to produce its first arms. By 200 years old, the saguaro cactus has reached its full height, reaching upwards of 45 feet tall. They will normally reach heights of 40 feet tall. The tallest saguaro ever measured was an armless specimen found near Cave Creek, Arizona. It was 78 feet tall, or 23.8 meters, in height before it was toppled in 1986 windstorm. The giant plant, estimated to be around 150 years old, is listed in the Guinness Book of World Record as the tallest cactus in the world. That's nuts. I did not 
not know that it took that long for them to even grow arms. So all of those cacti you see in the desert, mm-hmm. those have been there for centuries, longer than you. Oh, yeah. forever. That's nuts. I had it no idea. Nuts. So this is from the, what is this, LA Times archives and also oldest.org. These are some of the oldest cacti that have okay. been recorded. Okay. So the first one is the Oro Valley Saguaro, and that's about 200 years old and 40 feet tall, which it's no longer living. In 2002, the town of Oro Valley, just north of Tucson, Arizona, decided to save a more than 200-year-old saguaro cactus from being destroyed through a road expansion. The town contacted desert plant specialists to help them move the saguaro to a new home. The 40-foot cactus was certified by the National Register of Large Trees before it died in 2003. Mm. Although the transplant was successful, the ancient saguaro got struck by lightning a year after it was moved. Unfortunately, (gasps) the cactus was severely damaged and was uprooted by the thunderstorm. So that poor cactus, its fate was sealed. (laughs) Yeah. It was not meant to survive that road expansion. They could have just torn it torn it down anyway. It doesn't matter. It's like final destination. Your fate always comes around, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's that's hilarious that its fate was it being struck by lightning because of all the lightning tropes in the freaking books. Mm-hmm. Right? And Practical. imagine being like the tallest, the, t- the tallest thing out there too. Like you're just asking for it. Yeah, man. It's like a lightning rod. Exactly. All right. So the next one is Grand One. It's just called Grand One. It was between 180 to 300 years old. It that was seems 40- like a stretch. Yeah, but I guess in cactus years, that's like nothing, right? I guess. Yeah, you're right. So it was 46 feet. It's no longer living. A few years before the Grand One died in 2007, this old saguaro cactus was named the world's largest known saguaro. The Grand One measured in at 46 feet, 14 meters in height, and 7 feet, 2.13 meters, 10 inches, 25.4 centimeters around its base. The massive cactus was added to the National Register of Big Trees in 2004 for its size. When the Grand One was added to the National Register of Big Trees, the cactus was estimated to be between 180 to 300 years old. Just after a year after it was named the world's largest cactus, the Grand One was damaged by a fire. Jesus, these poor cacti I know. can't get to break. <laughs> The Grand One managed to survive for two more years before it fell and died in 2007. Oh, man. That's amazing. And then the last one here is Old Granddaddy. (laughs) Old Granddaddy. (laughs) Old Granddaddy was about 300 years old, more than four feet. Now I'm turning, Ooh, I'm turning back into Louis uh, Lamore came to Lamar. hang out. <laughs> uh, he wants to come out to play. Uh, that's 12.2 meters and it is unfortunately no longer living. Old Granddaddy was about 300 years old when the saguaro cactus started to die in the 1990s, which makes it the oldest known cactus ever in the world. Not only was Old Granddaddy old, it was a giant at over 40 feet tall and had 52 arms Whoa. just before it died. So according to Saguaro National Park, where Old Granddaddy was located, the cactus was afflicted with bacteria necrosis, which typically affects older cacti. The disease caused old granddaddy to rot and made the cactus turn brown. Old granddaddy's arms also <laughs> fell off. So before old granddaddy's death, it was one of the most visited and photographed cacti in Saguaro National Park. That's oh a- my god. Yeah. That was such a sad segment. <laughs> yeah, can you- but the visual. Did you ever see that old video on like E-Bombs World where th- that like creature's like, I don't have any arms, but that doesn't keep me from dancing now, does it? <laughs> And he just like does his little do, 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 and he's like dancing without arms. <laughs> no. I gotta okay, find that's that. That's going on our Discord. That's hilarious. I gotta find that and send you that. Um, but that's what that reminded me of. Oh, just bounce around. Kind of like the torso from uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> he gets his arms cut off. 
poor cacti. Yeah. Circle of life, though. It's funny yeah. that a lot of the big ones like are taken down by fire, uh-huh. like some sort of, you know, lightning or, or wildfire or whatever. Yeah. So sad. Everything's so goddamn dry, even though they're made out of water, basically. Yeah, that is strange how like fire and lightning are attracted to water. Well, they do say lightning is attracted to water, right? How many mm-hmm. times has your mom yelled at you to get out of the pool when it starts raining? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. The only Yeah, only when you hear that thunderclap. Uh-huh. If it's raining, you could stay in. Nope, yeah. everybody out when that thunder is heading in. Yeah. So saguaros sport a fleeting crown of blossoms in the late spring and early summer. The blossoms open at night and live through the following afternoon, a short window for pollinators like bees and bats to reach the pollen within. After the blooms close, they mature into hefty red fruit, a sweet delicacy and an important source of nutrition for desert tribes like the Thana Otham. Thana means desert and Otham means people or person. For thousands of years, Thana Otham people have harvested saguaro fruit using a long pole made from the plant's woody ribs. It's against the law in Arizona to harm a saguaro cactus. Landowners need a special, I don't know why I said it that way. Land owners need a special <laughs> permit for any construction that will affect a living plant. The cactus is also at risk from introduced species like buffalo grass, which elevates the risk of wildfire and threatens to crowd out young saguaros. The National Park Service and local volunteer groups seek and destroy buffalo grass infested by pulling up infestations by pulling up the plant from its roots by hand. Dozens of animal species depend on the saguaro. Bats, birds, insects, lizards, and mammals feast on their fruit, flowers, and flesh. Birds of prey and even some ground-dwelling animals like bobcats carefully roost in the spiny cactus's arms. Oh my god, could you imagine seeing a bobcat hanging out in a cactus arm? Nah, man. Nah, man. Um, Gila woodpeckers and gilded flickers carve yeah. out nests, cavities, and mature plants, and when they move on, other birds like pygmy owls move in to raise their young girl. I looked up a pygmy owl. They're so cute. They're exactly what they sound like. They're so adorable. They're so small. But like Um, S-M-O-L, small. Small. So yeah, when when I had lived in California, we would branch out and explore like a lot of the Southwest because we did a lot of climbing, but we went to Arizona a few times. We were able to get as far east as like Don. We went to like Phoenix and I was like jumping out of my seat the first time we drove past a saguaro because it was on my bucket list for a long time. So we were driving through some of the desert towns and like do desert people are some of my favorite people. I got to tell you this story after real quick. Um, and you see folks like trying to save these saguaro cactuses by like just propping them up with like two by fours oh, and like wow. r- riggings to just try and save them. Yeah. Um, but Aaron and I were in like this this desert town diner and this woman next to him was talking Aaron's ear off. We had just gone in for breakfast. Talking his ear off. Apparently she sold cactus honey at the local, like the Saturday's market. Yeah, man, that's and big out there. Cactus yeah. jelly, cactus honey, cactus everything. She, she was like, next time you're here, if you remember my name, which now I don't because it's been like eight years, you'll get a free jar. I think her name was like out, Al- not Alice. It was something. It was Darlene. <laughs> it was Darlene. Dude, but as he's talking to the woman, a man walks in dressed like desert cowboy, has the hat, has the big duster trench coat, has the like alligator skin boots. He sits next to me. Dude has like a claw for one wait, of his wait. hands. So like basically, cl- so basically Danny Trejo. Are you seeing what I'm doing? Yes. <laughs> he's got a claw for his hand. Super nice guy. I was talking to him, but he was using his little claw hand to hold his phone to take photos of his breakfast. And I thought Wait, it was adorable. Like, like a metal, like are we talking metal claw? Yes. <laughs> Captain like Hook. a hook. 
like a hook hand. Yeah, one of those hook hands that has like the pincher at the end. So he was a desert pirate. The that's best. A, he that's was, amazing. That was the best time I've ever had in the that's desert. Amazing. So I love. <laughs> just got a visual. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I was out in Arizona, I think I actually brought back a little jar of cactus jelly. How was it? I never tried it. I gave it to oh. a friend as a souvenir. But I was like, I had never heard of that before. This is so interesting. But it's it's yeah. out there all over the place. How about that? Yeah. Very cool. How about that? So yeah. So these cacti, they get super top heavy just from all the arms that they grow. Sounds like it. It seems like, right? Mm -hmm. So this is from tpl.org and it says, so as briefly mentioned before, Tucson is the home to Saguaro National Park. Some exciting news for nature lovers and wildlife warriors out there. The Trust for Public Land and the National Park Service announced on June 29th, 2020, that its protection and parklands would be expanding. I'm so excited about this. So it says, the protection of an 84-acre scenic property in the foothills of the Tucson Mountains has been added to the Saguaro National Park. The third addition to the park completed by the Trust for Public Land and the National Park Service in the past four years. In addition to protecting important Sonoran desert habitat threatened with development, this project connects Sweetwater Preserve, an 880-acre open space property managed by Pima County Parks that is very popular for hiking, mountain biking, and horseback riding to the National Park. Sweetwater Preserve was protected in 2004 by a partnership among the Trust for Public Land, Pima County, and the Tucson Mountain Association. Dude, isn't that amazing? Yeah, that is amazing. I, I can't. Okay, so I can't tell you how excited about this, like to discover. As I was reading, I was like, click, 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 expand, expand, expand. Um, but there's a whole announcement that you could read through on the Trust for Public Land site. Um, and we're gonna link it below. And within this article, there's also a lot of links um for like the National Parks Foundation. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about that. But the National Parks um and National Wildlife Foundations are vital to the health and the well-being of our planet. I can't stress this enough. Um, these are protected areas that provide safe havens for a wide variety of plants and animal species, and many of them are being threatened and endangered. They also offer a chance for people to connect with nature and appreciate the beauty of the world. Uh, The national parks and national wildlife foundations also play a crucial role in preserving our planet's biodiversity. These protected areas help maintain the balance of our ecosystems and support the survival of countless species. And also, the last thing is the national wildlife foundations provide so many economic and social benefits. They attract millions of visitors every year, generating revenue for local communities and boosting the economy. They also provide opportunities for education, research, and recreation. Wildlife parks um, and pets and buskers are really my jam. Are they your cactus jam? They're my cactus jam. <laughs> I will also say, this is so easy to do. This ties into the, the national parks and wildlife. You can go online. There's a few credentials that you have to hit, but you can have your property. Have you heard of this? You can have your property listed as like a protected wildlife area. And it's like st- like easy, easy stuff. It's easier for people in more rural areas, but having shelter for animals, whether that's like a bat box or like trees that can house birds, some kind of water source, like vegetation that pollinators can go. And then that can be listed on like the the national, the wildlife sanctuary. Oh, basically, wow. you can sign up for that. I no um, so I recommend that. That's but really- yeah, it is really cool. Uh, so I'll link that too. But like yeah. the national parks, wildlife shit, like those donations. When I used to work at PetSmart, it was a little different because I was like, dude, I work here. But anytime it's like, do you want to make a donation to the ASPCA or whatever that shit's called? I was all about it. Yeah. I protect our animals, protect our wildlife. Yeah. Because right. they're so helpless. Like, they have no say in what goes on in this world, but it's up to us oh, as yeah. people who have that free will to kind of like protect them. Um, And a lot of people don't realize this, but when one species goes extinct, it affects the entire food chain. It, att- it affects the entire ecosystem. And in turn, that affects our own living conditions, even as humans. Mm. Like, yeah. imagine if bees, when like bees are threatened, like bees 
bees are, they say they are going extinct, like honeybees and pollinators. Like it's important to keep those in our ecosystem, guys, because we need those bees to pollinate our vegetation, our Mm -hmm. vegetables, our fruits, like everything that we put in our bodies. Mm -hmm. We need all that stuff. So we need to keep those little guys in our ecosystems. So it's important. Um, It's important. Yeah. This last little bit here says the saguaro cactus is an iconic symbol of of the American Southwest and has a rich history of folklore and legends surrounding it. In many Native American cultures, the saguaro is seen as a sacred and powerful plant with many magical and medicinal uses, which we're going to talk yeah. about in a second. So, but yeah, but the, in regard to the magical and medicinal uses, I think we're going to talk about after our short break, as well as dream interpretation, more so on that in a bit. Yeah, oh, and our card pull. We're going to do a card yes. pull too. Yep. So we will be right back. So sit tight and we'll tell you more about the saguaro cactus when we return. We're the Stinas, and you're listening to Magnolia Street Podcast. All right. So welcome back, guys. We're going to pull a card from the Inner Witch Oracle. This deck does not have any kind of cacti. Um, we're just gonna pull and see what see what we find. Awesome. Yeah, I wanted to just say real quick to as like a visual, if you're not familiar, like as an East Coaster, if I hadn't lived out there, I'd be like, what the hell is the Sonora Desert? Like, where what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. So if you picture the Southwest, like California, Arizona, and Mexico, we'll link this also. But p- picture that Baja Peninsula. The Sonora Desert goes all the way from the south, the southern tip of that peninsula, up into California, and it also stretches across the Gulf of California into bits of Mexico and that bottom portion of Arizona, a a little bit north of Phoenix, just just slightly north of Phoenix and then Indio, California. So just in that little section. That's a big, pretty big uh, section of desert there. I was told just because like Joshua Tree has such a special place in my heart, those trees are going extinct. And like within my lifetime, I will see them die out. Mm. They're they're just going out that quickly. What kind of trees are in, in Joshua Tree? There's like a specific. That's like a. It's a Joshua tree. <laughs> it's a yucca. Oh, they're called. Jo- it's a, called a yucca. It's it's called a Joshua tree, but it's a form of yucca. Like okay. I think there's all different varieties. Got it. I don't know. I'm not from there. You know, I was out there. Like I said, I was out there for six months, and I never got to go visit Joshua Tree. And I'm like, God damn it. And also, when I was out in Arizona in like 2008, we went up to the Grand Canyon to go see it. But it was like I think it either, either snowing or raining, so we were all the oh, way no. out there and never got to see. I never got to see the. I Grand never got. To see it either. I never got to go to Joshua Tree. So those are both. I never saw, isn't what else is out there? The Hoover Dam. Isn't there like a big dam out there also? I never saw the Hoover Dam. I don't know. But I know the Redwood Forest is like Northern California. I would have loved mm-hmm. to have seen that too. And then I think since I've been out there, I think there was that big forest fire. I don't know how, yep. I don't know the condition of them at this point in time. I don't either. So, but that's unfortunate. I hope they're, I hope they're still standing. I really don't know. I really don't know. But it would be cool to get, to get back out West and go see all of those things. Give us a shuffle. All right. So I don't know if you can hear this. All right. So tell me when to stop. Okay. So we have rose quartz. Rose quartz, okay. Rose quartz. Okay. Um, the mantra or keyword on this card is healing. Okay. Didn't we say that the saguaro had some healing properties? Oh, absolutely. I think we're going to talk about those in a little bit. Yeah. Because they're used in medicine. Right. So the rose quartz card says, so this is all about healing and self-love. Rose quartz is a reminder to take some time for self-care. This is a time for healing and nurturing yourself and your soul. Care for yourself and you will be able to help others. Take the time with yourself 
so that you can better your relationships with others. Love is a sacred energy and should be treated as so. Love yourself and in turn, allow more love to flow in your life. Rose quartz is used to help with love and relationships as well as promoting self-love and deep inner healing. Rose quartz also helps bring forth peace and has been known to help with skin when water is infused with it. Utilize the energy of this magical crystal in your daily life. And the mantra is, I am ready to begin healing. Awesome. Yes. So I'm excited to talk about the healing properties of this cactus. Sweet. Let's do that. When we think of cactus, we don't really think of healing. We think of, ouch, right? Pain. (laughs) Yeah, pain. (laughs) For sure. Um, But there are some healing properties and I know they they were used in a lot of Native American medicine and in tribes for centuries. So we're going to get into a little bit of all that now. So first we have here from MexicoLore.co.uk. Cacti are native to the New World and there is archaeological evidence that they began to be domesticated over 8,000 years ago, long before Aztec tech times. There are over 420 varieties of cacti indigenous to the Americas, and indigenous Americans have made a practice of using them for food and medicine, a practice that continues today. Therefore, it is no surprise that they played a pivotal role in the founding of an empire. Cacti are common enough to be familiar, but their usefulness to humans was and remains dependent on human intervention. The eighth paragraph of chapter six in book 11 of the Florentine Codex, a 16th century compendium of Aztec knowledge compiled by the Franciscan friar Bernardino de Sacun, tells of the... tells of... Jesus! (laughs) (laughs) Tells of the various kinds of nopal or cacti used in the Aztec world. The length and scope of this discussion makes it clear that the Aztecs were literally surrounded by cacti. One way in which they were surrounded was by the use of trees as a fence. Columnar cacti were often used to create fences around small villages and farms, a practice that continues throughout central Mexico today. In fact, some scholars argue that even sculptures of cacti might have served as boundary markers, particularly as a border between Tenochtitlan Tietlin and its sister city Electloco. The practice of using columnar cacti as boundary markers still exists today in central Mexico. The cactus has cosmological, ritual, and religious functions too, as it may have served as a location for Aztec sacrifices. The Aztecs, <laughs> right? The Aztecs believed they could gain favor with the gods by sacrificing a victim atop a cactus. <gasps> Jesus. Which then positions cacti as an axis mundi, center of the world where certain figures could travel between the heavens, the earth, and the world. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty metal. Right? This provides an interesting complement or contradiction to the view of cacti as boundary makers. It seems that the meaning of cacti may have depended on context and type of cactus. At times, they limited the scope of the universe and or empire, and at other times, they expanded it. That is so interesting. I'd never even thought of like the cactus as like an in-between vessel, I guess, between the worlds. A portal. But like it makes sense. Yeah, like a portal because it absorbs that which comes from the heaven. The heaven. In the like water. A, what do we what do we say? Not a rowan tree, hawthorn tree. Hawthorn, right? Yeah, yeah. it's the hawthorn yes. tree of the desert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fairy tree of the desert. Oh, oh sweet. Yeah. All right, amazing. I didn't so know take, that. It was so important. Take us into some medicine. How was the saguaro sure. cactus used in medicine? Sure, and I think this is where we're going to find that connection between the the was it rose quartz, the healing yeah. properties of rose quartz. Yeah. So in medicine, the saguaro cactus has been used for centuries by Native American tribes for its medicinal. 
properties. The cactus is known to contain high levels of antioxidants, which can help to protect the body from damage caused by free radicals. The juice from the cactus's fruit has also been used to treat burns and cuts, and the cactus is sometimes used as natural sunscreen. I know this is like just like cactus stuff, but who has not used an aloe vera to like help with a burn? I love my aloe plant, but I have to admit, I have never used it on a burn. I hope you don't ever have to. Me either. (laughs) Sometimes I'll just slap it on a bug bite too to see what happens. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I would imagine that would work too, Mm -hmm. right? It feels good. It's soothing. Is it it just to just soothe burns or does it also act as a de-itcher as well? I was really hoping it would kind of like draw out some of whatever that poison is that 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 little buggy put in my body that makes it itch so goddamn bad. Right. Yeah. So in addition to its uh, medicinal properties, the saguaro cactus is also a rich source of nutrients. The cactus's fruit, which are known as saguaro apples, apples, there you go, girl, are a popular food among desert animals and can also be eaten by humans. Are they the same thing as prickly pear? I would imagine so, but I mean, we could be wrong. I don't know. (laughs) A prickly pear is a pear, not an apple. (laughs) That's true. The, cont- the fruit contains high levels of vitamins A and C, as well as calcium and iron. In some Native American cultures, the cactus is used as a natural remedy for a variety of ailments, including fever, stomach aches, and kidney problems. The cactus is also used to make a natural sunscreen, and the juice from its fruits is sometimes used to treat burns and cuts. There okay. you go. So Once again. Yeah, aloe. Hello. Hello. Um, we also have a few different tales about the cactus. So you want to take some of those away? This is like okay. folklore, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So one of the most common pieces of folklore surrounding the saguaro cactus is the belief that it has the power to bring rain. In many Native American tribes, the saguaro is considered a thunder bearer and is believed that if the cactus is watered and cared for, it will call down the rain from the sky, which, I mean, is pretty important out in the desert, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so freaking dry out there, so that they need the rain out there. So um, real quick, I think the following is almost all by this Lena Raven. So this first little paragraph is just like a snippet about her. Okay, Tales About the Cactus by Lena Raven. So a little bit about Lena Raven. She was born in Nalchik in 1966, graduated with a major in English Lit, and is working as a school teacher since 1990. Her interests are diverse. She is into music, literature, and computer technology at the user level. She says, I like to try new things, and I bring what I started to its logical conclusion. Oh, and I do love my pets. I'm already 54 and I still believe in miracles and hobbits with elves and Gandalf. I myself am a bit of an adventurer like a hobbit and I love mushrooms too like they do. And okay. she has this whole thing tales about the cactus and um, is this her article? The Cactus and Enchanted Prince? Yes, I think all, everything below. So she's got a few different little folklore stories and these are okay. all by Lena. Okay, so this is called The Cactus and Enchanted Prince. Alright, so the origins, also known as the legend, a long time ago there was a young man who lived in a Native American tribe. He went hunting one day and ventured so deep into the woods that not a single person could ever reach him. Suddenly, terrible monsters appeared and began to pursue him. The young man realized that there was no escaping them, and losing his strength, he turned for the gods to help. In response, they turned him into a deer so that he could escape the pursuers, but the monster still caught up with him. It almost looked like he was done for when all of a sudden, the deer disappeared. It had turned into a small prickly plant that looked like a cone. Thus, the first cactus came to be. 
Oh, cute. That's an interesting. That's an interesting way to, I uh, guess, bring the cactus into existence. Yeah, that's very cute. Yeah. The next one is it's a Peruvian legend called a plant with many spines. This legend tells where the cactus got its many spines from. There once was a large, tall mountain on a steep slope, and it had nothing alive growing on it except for a single resident, the cactus. Oh. Day by day, llamas, lam- la- <laughs> not llamas. Llamas would run past the mountain, itching to bite off a piece of the juicy and tender cactus pulp. The lonely plant dodged the animal bites desperately and dreamed of obtaining some reliable protection from their teeth. It did not have any spines back then, but large leaves like those of lettuce. A long time had to pass before suddenly the plant heard a peculiar noise. It turned around to look and noticed something strange. A fox and a boulder were rushing from the top of the mountains as if mm. in race. The red animal lagged far behind, but it was not going to give in. It saw the cactus and shouted that if it could block the stone somehow, the fox would give it its claws as a reward. The cactus quickly realized that it could benefit greatly from such a gift. So when the boulder was close, it used its big leaves to obstruct its path. Wasting no time, the red beast, the fox, reached the finish line and won the race. At that moment, (laughs) the plant began to experience unusual sensations. Its leaves were turning into thousands of needly spines. Since then, the prickly cactus and the cunning fox became friends and stayed that way for a whole century. That is really interesting to look at the cactus spines as fox claws. Yeah. That's how I'm going to look at them from now on. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Dude, we were in the desert and I was walking. We were walking back to the car. It was nighttime and I didn't pick my feet up high enough and I kicked a cactus and the spine not only went into my went under my cuticle into my toe and that whole night i thought my foot was going to turn green and fall off i was in so much pain like that sounds horrible the next level probably would have been like breaking my foot kind of pain i was in so much pain it took like nine months for this little spine to grow out my toenail like with oh my, my, toe. my God. So I don't know if we do. Do we mention this at all toward the bottom of any of these resources? Are the spines poisonous? I'm not sure. Okay. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe certain spine, like certain cacti are poisonous, like like snakes, like certain ones are, certain ones aren't. I don't know if it's like that same type of deal. I don't know. Um, but good thing that shit wasn't poisonous. That's I know. Because yeah. you never know so out in the desert. Bad. The I desert's know. a dangerous place. I know. I was not um I was not giving it its proper honor, I guess. Respect, yes. R E S P E C T. Yeah, those uh the Native American spirits out there were like, uh uh-uh. uh. No girl. <laughs> Which I do, man, so many side stories about the desert. It's a weird place. Aliens, orbs. Green light, cactuses. I'm stories. dying to go out to Roswell, New Mexico for like they have Are a you? Whole- they have a whole alien festival out there, apparently. Yeah, dude, a um, bunch of our friends went out to that Storm Roswell situation a couple years back. Oh, the Area 51? Yeah, that ra- not a raid, but like where people went out there and like we're okay. going to like break in. Yeah, the, your friends went to that? Yeah. Oh my God. All right. So this next one is called A Gentle Rose and a White Fragrant Bud. Once upon a time, a gentle, delicate rose was having a birthday party. Oh, that's so cute. This, <laughs> this reminds me of a, of a, um, have you ever heard of Rose Petal Place? No. It was like a cartoon back in like the 80s, kind of like a Cabbage Patch Kids or like a My Little Pony type deal. Okay. And there was a soundtrack to it, it had, and it was called Rose Petal Place. And the, the woman, uh, you know, Marie Osmond? Yeah. She did the voice of Rose Petal, a oh. Rose Petal uh, place. Oh. And it was like, you know, a bunch of like flowers that would just like 
hang out and stuff. This reminds so cute. This reminded me of that a birthday party. Rose Petal Place is so cute. Yeah, awesome. they were ha- they were supposed to be putting on a concert at Carnation Hall. That was like the whole premise of the the cassette tape that I had. I listened to it this on repeat. It was adorable. But anyway, this story. They were having this delicate rose was having a birthday party, and all the flowers had to prepare their gifts. One of the cacti was not able to find a fitting gift, so he was upset and decided not to go to the party at all. But the rose was a thoughtful flower, and that's interesting because we were just talking about the rose quartz. And his courts. Rose Quartz is all about healing and love. Mm-hmm. And Rose in the story is a thoughtful flower. She sent a butterfly to invite the cactus to the birthday party anyway. The cactus was very pleased that the regal beauty paid him so much attention and even sent a special courier, so he accepted. The cactus came to the Rose's birthday party, and when it was his turn to present the gift, he gave the birthday flower a sad and timid smile and offered his own spiny coat as he believed that the rose was too delicate and defenseless against the thorns the- how adorable all right so the rose accepted the gift with gratitude as she felt she needed it too but she had not forgotten about the cactus either she knew that it was actually his birthday that day as well but he never mentioned it to anyone because he was very modest so in turn as a birthday gift the rose gave her sweet friend a white fragrant bud since that time the rose wears a spine coat and the cactus delights us with beautiful blossoms on his birthday so it's like kind of like a, what's it called a symbiotic relationship how cute of a children's book though would that isn't make? that i've never heard of that legend before Me either horrible I love that one. I do. I, I love it. Um, we have a couple more here. This one's called The Prince and the Evil Sorceress. So once an evil sorceress decided to enchant a handsome prince to scare people away from him and turn him into a prickly old dwarf with bristles all over. Before his transformation, the dwarf had managed to hide something in his clenched fist. But once a year, the fist unclenches and a miracle happens. A beautiful flower appears on the dwarf's spiny palm. Oh. That's cute. Yeah. And then this last one is called a mighty protector. Since the ancient times, people have believed that this prickly plant has magical properties and it held symbolic and ritual significance for priests and shamans as far back as ancient India. Most of all, it is considered a protector plant. It is supposed to be capable of shielding us from any negative energy in the house, like a warrior that defends us from harm and evil. Kind of like the besom, how we were talking about the besom putting it Mm -hmm. on your threshold. There must be some special energy in its spines that attracts any impurity, but at the same time renders it unable to bring harm to people around it. Because of its capacity to remove negativity, placing the cactus next to your front door or window is a good way to clean up the vibes at home. So yes, same type of deal. Like, right, catching that bad juju before it even crosses your threshold. Yeah, I mean, that symbol, like, what other plant can you think of that is, like, as, like, boom in your face a protector you know has yeah. those spikes to protect yeah. you can i tell a, like a little a, a little story real quick this is absolutely funny. um one year my cousin who is now 15 this had to be back when she was probably like i don't know seven or eight mm-hmm. maybe even younger than that my parents have uh, a southwest room in the back of the house like it's a sunroom right but it's all decked out in like southwest kind of yeah. vibe i told you my dad's super into like western novels oh that's um, right yeah so they've been to new mexico they've been to arizona he's like obsessed with tombstone i think my dad was a native american in a past life let's just say like he's obsessed with wolves like one year for his birthday we went to a wolf sanctuary for the full blood moon oh freaking badass 
across is that. And the whole thing was like on a Native American reserve and, you know, it was legit. It was out in like, Mm -hmm. I want to say Lancaster, Pennsylvania. But anyway, he's like super into the whole Southwest kind of aesthetic and vibe and it's his jam. So they decked out the whole sunroom in like Southwest decor, right? So they had some prickly cacti back there. We had family over for Christmas or Thanksgiving or something like that. My little cousin at the time, I guess she was curious. She saw a little cactus, decided to touch it because those pricklies were really enticing. And she stuck her finger and she was like screaming bloody murder. She was crying and it was, and we're like, we had no idea what happened. Like, Mia, what, what, what? She's like, I touched the cactus. We're like, (laughs) so so from then on, it just became like a running joke. Like her being affiliated with cacti and cactus. So for like the next like three Christmases, I think I bought her like cactus stuff. That's so cute. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, she's never gonna live it down. Yeah, I think I bought her like a cactus coloring book one year and then another book I bought her like a cactus puzzle. How old was she? At the time, she was probably like six or seven. It's kind of like... I don't know if you get this, like those dark thoughts every now and then, like when you're driving and you're like on a bridge, it's like, hmm, wonder, wonder if I just like go that way, you know, <laughs> what's going to happen. But also like when you're standing on something really tall, it's like, oh, what if I just jumped, you yeah. know, but kids tend to follow through with these crazy thoughts. Oh, that thing looks sharp. I'm going to try touch it and see if yeah. it's actually sharp. I'm going to tempt the fates. I, I think I, I think I remember doing that at that age, touching a cactus. I feel like I've had that same experience. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Poor baby. Yeah. She learned her lesson. The wrong the hard way so that's so funny yeah poor baby i'm glad she does she still get cactuses today um i don't think i've gotten her one in a while but it's still it's still a joke like you still joke around about it every now and then okay are we ready for some cactus magic yes i'll let you start it off and then i have a little bit that i pulled out of the encyclopedia <gasps> of magical herbs by scott cunningham great okay it's just a small little blurb but i thought it was interesting okay cool so some uses in witchcraft are obviously what we just talked about protection, banishing, and get this, chastity. Okay. Chastity, okay. It can be mixed uh, with other banished symbols for protection. Grow in your home or garden for protection of the home. Best to place in all directions of the home, north, south, east, and west, to ensure full protection. Its needles, instead of the whole plant, can be used in spells and charms for also protection. What is your... So Scott Cunningham has something to say? Yeah, it's a lot of that kind of same stuff, but it says few are poisonous. Ingest only those used for food. So I guess do your research. I really don't know which ones those are. It doesn't say in here. It doesn't get too specific. It's just, you know, it's the magical encyclopedia. So just giving you kind of magical little tips and tricks. It also says here protection and chastity. That's what its powers are used for. Uh, The magical uses, it says cacti of all kind are protective owing to their spines. Grown indoors, they protect against unwanted intrusions and burglaries and also absorb negativity. Outside, one cactus should be placed facing each direction next to the house to further protect it, kind of what you just said. Mm. And then... Here's a little bit that I don't, I'm not sure if we have anywhere in these notes, but it says cactus spines are sometimes used in witch bottles mm-hmm. and to mark symbols and words on candles and roots. So like using the, the, the cactus spine to inscribe in your, into your candle wax. Yeah. So that I thought that was pretty cool. And it says after you use them to inscribe your magical tools, they are then either carried as, I guess, a source of good luck or um, they're either buried to release the power. Okay. So that's that's the only real bit about the cactus in here. Awesome. It's very short and sweet. I wonder if like tree leaves, if they drop their spines, because I would feel kind of like guilty about snapping off some spines off a cactus. But if okay. they drop to the ground, like one's closer to the base, yeah. I'm thinking, you know, maybe yeah. collect 
like those. You know, it would also probably be really cool. I've wow. never, I've never held like a cactus, like an actual long cactus spine before, mm-hmm. like one from an actual desert. But I'm not sure if you can like drill a hole into the top of it and then use the point of it as a so like use the top of it with oh, a, a needle to, to thread a needle and then use it in like some kind of needle point magic or some kind mm-hmm. of magic where you're sewing things like we saw we see in practical magic the blue thread was like a big thing for luck and protection using it to sew i don't know uh, a charm or you could use sigil magic with a needle and thread on a charm bag or anything of the sort so that would be kind of cool if it were possible to i'm not sure how big a um a cactus needle is that you'd be able to poke a hole through the top to sew yeah, yeah. but i mean if you can and if you have that would be lit right try it out That'd be lit let us know if you if that's possible um i don't think i have any i wish i maybe that is what i can do when i go to california see if you can get some cactus yeah. needles i'll get some for you also i'll yeah, send them send me, send me one send them to you yeah uh so again we have a little bit from lena raven and this is goodchoiceflowers.com we'll link it below but lena says in regard to magical properties of the cactus if you want to find your daughter a husband rid your house of all cacti oh a, a folk wisdom so i think she was quoting cacti can be a sponge for bad vibes it is said that cacti are very particular and require a double dose of care and reverence. Some people actually believe that they can accumulate negative information and conserve it within themselves for a long time. So on one hand, they are supposed to rid us of this darkness. On the other, by doing so, they may attract similar energy with us getting in the way. By that logic, if there is any anger, irritation, resentment, and even hatred in the air, the cactus can use the situation to shake off its own bad vibes by letting them out and thus making things worse. Wow. Is this making sense or is this convoluted? No, I, I can't tell. It makes sense. It kind of seems like the cactus is like an empathic kind of plant or Be- uh, okay. yeah, or being. I don't know. Some say that this accumulated dark energy can be disposed with if you rinse the cactus under running water. Another approach is replanting it. It is actually advised to replant cacti once a year, regardless of whether you believe in this stuff or not. That's news to me. Yeah. This ability of cacti such as apuntias have of absorbing flashes of negative energy supposedly makes them a perfect plant for angry and quick-tempered people. The jury is out, though, on whether the cactus absorbs only bad vibes. Some believers in mysticism claim that it can actually concentrate any kind of energy, including the positive one, and that the cactus that has been exposed to good energy is indeed capable of accelerating recovery of an ailing body part, if put directly next to it. That seems dangerous. Yeah. to me <laughs> just sleep with it next to your pillow yeah do you use it as your pillow <laughs> So everything depends on how we see it and how we use it, apparently, like most things in life. So that, yeah, it seems very empathic. Like, it seems like it absorbs whatever kind of energy is kind of hanging around it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, It is filled with water, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So humans are also with like 80% water, something like that. So like our moods are constantly like fluctuating and ebbing and flowing. And it might be the same with the cactus since it's so water based. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's kind of like having like a obsidian almost like it's absorbing but it not necessarily hanging on to it. like you do need to cleanse it mm-hmm. like i guess in that regard like obsidian you don't really have to worry about because it just keeps absorbing right? right it has no limit okay um but little cacti buddy has a little limit so maybe every uh, a couple days make sure you you rinse it out but again you don't want to kill it yeah yeah you know that's too much water oh it's a catch-22 i'm just like i'm just comparing cacti to i guess humans because it's saying like you should rinse it underwater to get rid of any 
any of the negative energy. I kind of like feel like that's why we take showers, right? It's a cleansing ritual. Mm -hmm. It's like worse. We as humans are synonymous with cacti. We can also be very prickly if we want to be. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Dude, that goes back to, I think when we were talking, was it Louis L'Amour? I don't remember. But when we were talking about like how closely our bodies resemble nature, you know, or emulate nature in different ways. I mean, look, I'm a cactus right now. I have arms. I'm a cactus right now. (laughs) Screenshot. Oh, anyway, so we're going to move on to tolerance and clairvoyance with a side dish of drowsiness and homelessness. The hell, Lena? (laughs) Okay, so it says two of the four elements, fire and water, are supposed to be mutually destructive, but they seem to cohabitate in in the cactus perfectly. Mm -hmm. This way, the green hedgehog-like plant can be seen as the epitome of tolerance, capable of promoting large hardiness towards things that rub them the wrong way in their keepers, too. With a cactus in the house, it may become easier for its owners to be more accepting of each other's shortfalls. If plants, in general, can be said to have a personality, the cactus is believed to have a volatile one. It often has a change of heart and radiates the feeling of imbalance. People interested in the mystical claim that if you make friends with a cactus, it can guard you against all sorts of troubles and even help you develop some psychic ability such as clairvoyance, clairaudience, and a way to see the invisible world of the supernatural. Neat, huh? But be warned, if a cactus ends up disliking the owners for any reason, it can supposedly attempt to drive them out of their home. (laughs) Could you you picture a cactus just like knocking on your door like, excuse me, me, ma'am, get the fuck out. Um, Or having to like sign the paperwork to a realtor about like why you're selling. Or could you imagine if like a cactus just slaps a a eviction notice on your fucking door? Slap. Full palm. (laughs) So should a cactus experience starvation due to negligence, it is going to get its nourishment at the expense of the others who may start to feel weak or drowsy for no apparent reason. So the key takeaway, whether you consider all the above gospel or quackery, if you get a (laughs) cactus, be sure to care for it. Yeah, we had a cactus when we lived in our our house in LA. We called it the Dactus because it looked like a dick. A Dactus? (laughs) (laughs) Called it the Dactus. It just big like schlong in a pot. It was hysterical. It has not survived Jersey? No, it was out in LA when I lived in LA with my brother. Does your brother still have it? No, he actually, that was like a rented house. So he has since relocated to another apartment. (laughs) But um, yeah, when we lived there for, well, I I was only there for six months. He was there for like a good like eight years before he moved out. But that's the one thing I remember about the house. Like it had a a cactus in the backyard in a pot. So I guess it was the owners of the house. Like she did all the landscaping. Okay. Okay, okay. Um, so she had she had that she had like birds of paradise out in the backyard it was it was very prettily landscaped there were we can just tell ourselves that that cactus is still alive in my mind it's never yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. Never gonna it's die like, no 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 it's no, immortal no. it's an immortal it's cactus. Pure. yeah uh so this says lena has to say off the deep end cure all love potions hey love potions we're gonna be talking about in february yes we are feng shui and astrology a curious fact Dogs of most breeds actively dislike cacti, something that has long been known and was even taken advantage of by the first settlers of the Wild West, who would plant thickets of cacti around their settlements, thus protecting themselves against coyote attacks. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. The tradition went on, and since then, people grew cacti in their gardens as protection against unsolicited guests. It also gave birth to the curious superstition, a belief that a cactus in a bedroom would serve as a spiny guard that keeps the virtue of the woman intact. Chastity, <laughs> right? Going back to chastity. Chastity, yeah. <laughs> I was like, where are they going to connect this? I was really... All right, you know what? I'm just going to get a cactus and name it fucking Chastity. That's such a stripper name. Oh, you could put like a little support pole. 
in there for chastity. Oh God, that's amazing. Somebody patron send chastity to Justina. Gift her a I need cacti. A, I need a cactus. That was why it was considered a good idea for a young woman who wanted to get married to get rid of all the cacti in oh. the house. Well, see, it's all connecting the dots now. We're connecting the dots. I'm coming back to me now. <laughs> How can we slide in a Celine Dion every 10 episodes? Right. Okay. Early, early settlers of the Crimea Peninsula found a use for the cactus that was more blood pumping, literally. They produced a tincture out of the apuntios. It was said to help with making love, effectively functioning as a male potency drug. Men who consume cacti even enjoyed great authority with the ladies. Hmm. Okay. Do you think it's like kind of not an oxymoronic? I guess would it be an oxymoron for a cactus to represent chastity when it it's so it's such a fallow? Oh. It's that duality a, yeah it's like such yeah. a phallic plant that it's like it's it's hysterical to me that it represents chastity <laughs> you look at it think about it but don't do it right yeah okay. so in the east a cactus-based drink was used as a remedy against pain and fever but that's not all it was believed that the miracle drug could help calm the nerves detox the body invigorate the spleen and even reduce tumors have you seen tremors no with kevin bacon and reba mac maybe a, while, a long time ago okay we're gonna put that on the discord you should watch it takes place in the desert oh <laughs> okay there's right. the connection the cactus was used to treat asthma dysentery and stomach pains the ash made from burning the cactus was applied to pig and snake bites what i've never Who's heard stick of... in their hand in a pig's mouth yeah that's what i was like i never heard of people getting bit by pigs but i guess wait are we talking about like warthogs like boars boar like wild boars i guess i guess so they, yeah are they in the desert wild boars yeah yes 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 okay so maybe that's what it means i'm thinking like a farm pig like a little yeah. cute little pink piggy i'm like yeah, I don't know, but maybe little, a wild boar. little Wilbur. Yeah, maybe a wild boar is what what it means. Chinese mystics believe that the cactus stimulates circulation of blood and key energy. Key, yeah, I think key. Feng Shui, on the other hand, discourages having cacti in the house. Their needles are supposed to disrupt the energy flow. Astrologers deem the cactus a perfect plant for Scorpios. That's because Scorpios are into some freaky shit. How's that thing go? I don't know. Do you hear that song? Well, Scorpios, are known to be freaks. Scorpio, Scorpio. In desert, I'm seeing it. Yeah, connect. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. For it's just as loyal and full of contradictions. Capricorn is supposed to live in harmony with cacti as well, as they help them concentrate energy and stave off diseases. Aries should benefit from their protective powers too. Cacti also tend to communicate well with Libras, Pisces, Virgos, and Geminis, while Sagittarii and Leos would not be well advised to keep a cactus in their home. Good to know. Thank you. Go. All right. So then don't give me a cactus because it's saying that no. I'm, I'm not supposed to have one. As a You're second. not supposed to have one. No, 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 no. <laughs> because f water and fire, your fireness. No, no, no. Right. Right. This next source is from sonoranwitch.tumblr.com. And this is all about desert witchcraft. It's like a Tumblr compilation page. I guess different users can pop on and like post a little tidbits. This is all spells, articles, resources, experiences, and the occasional picture that has to do with desert-based green witchcraft. So it okay. says here that the saguaro cactus is a guardian or a tall protector. It's a great plant for sun witches, which that doesn't make sense because I guess if we're going zodiac-based... Sagittarius, that's a fire sign, right? So wouldn't that be mm -hmm. a sun wit? I don't know. Not so necessarily with, with the astrology, but if you're like like Charlie and Macy, like mm -hmm. Macy's night, like a sun witch, you know? Okay. She's like all about the daytime. Okay. All right. It says they make amazing friends. It says plant around your house for protection and the saguaro cacti are protected by law. Mm -hmm. Um. It says, remember they are kind, even with their thorns. And uh, Bronze Witch Hazel, who I guess is one of the contributors to this 
Tumblr page, says, use the spines of a cactus for protection spells and curse work. So again, going back to the mm-hmm. windmill. Again, if you guys want to try my idea, if you have access to cactus spikes, if you want to try using it as a needle for your thread, if you want to try to, you know, do some kind of sigil or charm bag magic, whatever, mm-hmm. how about it? And then <laughs> <laughs> this is from typicallytopical.com and the author is Charlotte. And Charlotte says, cactus symbolism, what is the spiritual meaning of a cactus? It's one of endurance. It symbolizes the ability to see beyond what is visible with our naked eyes. Hmm. Uh, Cacti represent the need to trust that you are protected from danger and threats and that the biggest threat comes from the armor you shroud yourself in every day. So I guess it's like a reminder to be a little more vulnerable and Hmm. open to, I guess, letting new opportunities and relationships come into your life. The beauty of a cactus lies deep within itself. A vast system of water, nutrients, and healing properties, and it's a true self-contained marvel. So my thought about like the cactus and like the danger and threats, if you picture yourself as a tree, like you're putting yourself, I'm putting myself in like a forest, you know, a, a regular ass forest. But if you're like a cactus out in the desert, you're so exposed. And I feel like you'd be so much more lonely. Whereas like in a, in a regular forest, like you're more enveloped and like tucked in and there's more other buddy trees around you. You know what That's I mean? That's a good way to look at it. I like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Tell us what kind of tree you'd be. What Are kind you of cactus? Tree, what kind of tree would I be? I oh, mean, and I just think- to the listeners. Yeah. But what do you have a tree in mind? Um, well, no, I was just going to say, like, we talked about this, I think, on one of the last episodes, how, you know, I come across, so I've been told, I can come across as a little, I guess, intimidating or rigid or, you know, like mm-hmm. a hard ass or like, you know, but when when you really get to know me, I'm very watery inside. I have You're soft and squishy inside. I'm soft and squishy. <laughs> I might even be a little jelly. Um, <laughs> but... I guess like I guess I could be considered a cactus. I guess I could. You I could be. That. Yeah. Okay. So wait, you saw you saw yourself as what kind of tree? I have no idea. I was just popping off to like the listeners. Tell us what kind of tree you think you'd be. Yeah. I think I'd be like um like a birch or like a willow because I'm always like I want to do this, but I want to do this, and I'm You're always blowing in the breeze. I'm like all air. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't like tie that. me down. I like that. Yeah. I used to <laughs> really love weeping willows as a kid. I think because the Pocahontas mm-hmm. movie that was the mother willow. Mm-hmm. And I always thought she was so beautiful. Oh, my God. I loved it. You know what I just saw? Edward Norton. You know, Edward Norton, Fight Club. Again, Fight Club comes back around. Pocahontas is his 12th great-grandmother. What? 10th or 12th. Something like that. You know that, like, show where they, like, interview celebs and they find at Roots or something? They find their their generation information? Yep. Yeah. He's related. Holy shit. I was obsessed with that show for a while. If this is the same show you're talking about, Sarah Jessica Parker, Mm -hmm. who who played, you know, one of the Sanderson sisters in the Salem Witch Trials in Hocus Pocus, she's actually in real life. She has a, a ancestor from the Salem witch trials who was whoa. Was, I don't remember if she was convicted or she was just in Salem around that time, but she was involved. She had like a direct line and relation to the Salem witch trials, which I thought was really friggin' bizarre, being that she played a witch in, in Salem in Hocus Pocus. Amazing, isn't it? That is amazing. Yeah, I'm right. We have <laughs> some main meanings and symbolism from behind the cactus. Do you want to do every other one? Yeah. Okay. Think first one. So our first main meaning and symbolism is a symbol of abundance in dire conditions. Specialized pollinators such as bees, bats, and moths are attracted to the
a gorgeous array of flowers, cacti produce. It's a subtle reminder that even in the most arid and dire of conditions, the ability to thrive is still possible. If you're going through some troubling situations right now, seeing a cactus is a sign to be patient. Trust the cyclical nature of growth and keep your thoughts aligned only with what you wish to come to fruition, right? Like, mm-hmm. you gotta think of it as if it's already happening, right? Yeah. Right. I love that because, like, as we talked about before, like, the cactus, how long it takes to actually grow into what Patience. it becomes. And it For goes sure. through such a long lifespan before it arrives to, like, you know, the cactus we see and know today. And it's got such, like, a long, prolonged journey on this earth. It's just, a, like, a reminder to that, see like, any growth. Yeah. You know? To see any growth, you have to endure a life of hardship and pain and the elements, right? Battling exactly. The um, so it go. It's seen some shit. It's gone through some shit, just like us humans. Like we have to go yeah. through all that stuff too. They gotta stick it out. Yep. Get it? Stick. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Okay. That's that was really good. So number two, you're not like everyone else, and that's a good thing. Cacti are unlike any other plants in the natural kingdom. They're easily recognizable and immediately stand out from a crowd. Seeing a cactus can symbolize your own uniqueness and individuality. It's a call to let your true inner self shine, to let yourself be heard and known. And above all, it's a simple recognition that you're not like everyone else, and that's a good thing. You might come across this cactus meaning if you've ever felt as though you were out of place on earth and as if you don't belong. But this message shows you that even in the natural kingdom, differences are celebrated. I love that. A friend of ours has a little cactus outline tattoo and above it, it just says, sorry. I don't know. I thought it was cute. Like the cactuses are just trying to live and be in existence and they end up poking people and it's like, I'm sorry. But I love this description of like, you're not like everybody else. That makes me want to get like a little necklace of a cactus to remind myself like that is okay that you are not understood by everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So number three, they are a symbol of your unrelenting strength and perseverance. You're being guided to focus on your strengths and to muster up the courage to persevere. Though you might stand alone, as many cactuses do, you are being called to remember your true source of power, that which comes from knowing yourself, honoring your values, and not giving up when your heart yearns for something greater. Seeing or receiving a cactus is a testament to your unrelenting strength and ability to persist when times get tough. Yeah, and that goes back to the whole patience thing, right? It's just... Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling this. Yeah. So number four, you're not fully shedding heavy emotions. Heavy Mm. emotions tend to bury themselves deep within our psyche. A wound that we once thought was healed can rear its ugly head again at the slightest of triggers. And just as a cactus can hold up to 200 gallons of water in its leaves, a human can hold hundreds of pent up triggers and emotions Mm -hmm. in the nervous system, all of which can be fired at any moment. So seeing a cactus can be a sign that old traumas and deep-rooted stress need to be shed and released so that new energy can flow in. How true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, man. Damn. We're more like cactuses than we even know. I know. That's what I gathered from all of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So Kim Manliort says um, they wrote this whole article, Lessons from the Saguaro. Uh, it says, the saguaro cactus is a symbol of the American Southwest, and its inner meanings expresses the idea of standing tall, adapting to the environment, and providing shelter and nourishment for others. It has stature and authority and holds a grandfatherly type of wisdom. Saguaro cacti stand like sentinels rooted in the desert landscape. Saguaro cacti are the defining plant of the Sonoran Desert. They stand tall among the low-lying brush like sentinels in the landscape. They can live up to 200 years in their branches, called arms, developing only when they are well into life, which we all talked about a lot of this before. 
This desert plant is also a personal symbol for me at this moment, Kim says. A, st- a sentinel stands guard and watches. It points to a higher wisdom. This reminds me to look for the sentinels in my life, to hear what they have to say, or to be a sentinel myself. They point to the moon, retain water in dry times, and spread their roots wide. The saguaro have learned to adapt and even thrive in the dry desert environment. They begin their life under existing plants as a form of protection. As they grow larger, they are able to retain large amounts of water when the monsoon rains come to prepare for times of drought. Their roots are not deep, but spread wide in all directions, and when the time is right, they bloom and bear fruit. They endure wounds to provide places for birds to nest, and wood after death. While their hard prickly exteriors serve as a form of protection, woodpeckers and other birds break this exterior with their beaks, leaving deep holes. These wounds quickly scar over and the remaining holes provide perfect nesting places for other birds. Wounds can be the very places from which we have the most to offer. (gasps) That was an interesting little tidbit right there. Oh, I need to highlight that. That's deep. Literally. That's so deep. Literally, wounds can can be very deep. So if that's not like an aha moment right there, beautiful i mean we talked a little bit about the rose and how the rose and the cactus kind of switched gifts to each other and that yeah. read about but tell us christina what does the actual cactus flower symbolize seeing a cactus flower means that you will bloom wherever you are planted real quick there is a beautiful song that makes me fucking cry every time because it's like me and my mama song and it's dolly parton emmy lou harris and linda ronstadt singing wildflowers and the whole song is basically wildflowers don't care where they grow and like being like a transplant and like i'm gonna put it in our Spotify. Yeah. It makes me cry every time. Let's do it. So there is no right or wrong path. You cannot make a wrong decision. Even in what seems like the toughest and driest of conditions, you will always find a way to thrive. It seems physically impossible that something as beautiful as a flower can bloom in the desert. The message here is that whenever something seems impossible, the universe will always find a way to bring you what you are in alignment with. Yeah. So this kind of reminds me of Francesca Leah Block. You need to read some of her books. I think you would probably love her. Um, She's very- Put them on the list. Yeah, I will. She's very vivid. She writes a lot. Like all of her writing is like poetry to me. Nice. Um, she just writes so beautifully. And the way okay. she describes things, she has a book called Primavera. And it's about a girl who Ooh, that makes me hungry. Her like pasta primavera. Yeah. 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 But it's about, I think it's Italian or Spanish. Like primavera means spring. When we think of spring, we think of things growing back. Um, mm-hmm. So it's basically this story is about a girl who lives with her family in the desert, but they find or they create this oasis because I think her mom is able to sing or in her mom's voice creates growth and pretty. They're able to create this oasis in this like barren desert. That's so cool. Yeah. That's really pretty. And the whole story is like primavera wants to leave the desert and the mm-hmm. family's like, no, you don't know what's out there like it's too dangerous like and they're trying to like keep her from leaving this oasis that the parents have created for her like even Nemo Nemo in in real life like you know when we want to move away from our parents our parents are like what the hell like we created this life for you what you want to leave like what's wrong with you right I'm sure I'm sure you had that experience I never went to college but like going to LA for as long as I did was kind of my experience with that and my brother it's the same thing with my brother he's out there now my parents are constantly trying to get him to come back yeah I didn't have too much of like a guilt thing because my mom also left her home in Massachusetts when she okay. married my dad in Pennsylvania. Okay. And so like us sharing that wildflower song is like girl, she's like no like you have to go do it's basically history repeating itself. That's okay. that's all it is, but right. you know between her story and mine. Yeah. But yeah, definitely the desert flat you little desert rose, you're so resilient and beautiful and they don't give a shit where they grow. So anyway, uh, yeah, so we were talking about that book Primavera. It's one of my favorite Francesca Leah Block books, but I just thought it was so beautiful how they were able to create this oasis in the middle of this like barren 
dry desert just from like i guess the mom's voice magic her name is calliope calliope it's based on a greek mythology a lot of her characters are based on greek mythology okay yeah so um i'll I'll put that one on the goodreads if you want to read it because i think i do and like i love the journey that she goes on when she leaves the desert it's so does she end up going back i think if i remember i think she might end up going back i i haven't read it in a while it's i need to read it again but yeah um, i'd love to read it yeah there's uh it's two parts primavera i think is the i think it's the first one and then there's ecstasia ecstasia i think might be a prequel it's about the parents and they they like they journey into like the underworld it's really oh that's neat it's really neat that's neat so let's talk about some dreams shall we we shall all right when it comes to making sense of your dreams it's important to remember how you felt when you first saw if you dream about cactuses how you first felt or saw the cactus if you felt calm serene and at peace your dream will always have a positive connotation if you felt tense out of control or panicked your dream will hold a message or answer on how to fix something that's bothering you okay do you want to do these and then i'll do presidia (laughs) all right so seeing a lone cactus in your dreams is usually a sign of uniqueness, individuality, and a need to walk your own path in life. You feel stifled by anything that prevents you from carrying out your heart's wildest desires. Mm -hmm. A cactus in full bloom in your dream is a wonderful symbol of maternal love. It means you are surrounded by love that is nurturing, warm, and caring. It doesn't necessarily speak of a mother, though it can be that literal. This symbol generally represents someone in your life who carries this divine feminine energy, someone you can trust and depend on. So I guess like a mentor, um, the high priestess of the tarot. You know what we could add to our topics list is like surrogate or stand-in mothers. Mm. I know I've had many of them in my time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing a field of cacti symbolizes that you feel lost in some area of your waking life and desire freedom. You feel as though you can't make a decision or don't know which decision is best for you moving forward. You feel out of tune with yourself and sometimes dwell on what was or what could have been too long. Being pricked by a cactus in a dream means you are trying to escape from your personal issues and stressors. It can be a sign that you've been holding on to something for too long and as a result, your mental integrity is being attacked. These repressed emotions and traumas may spill into your waking life by causing physical pain in the body if not dealt with soon. Let me just say, I have never dreamt of a cactus as far as I remember, but... I have made myself physically ill or like have like not dealt with emotions to the point of like making myself physically ill that like yeah. I've gone to doctors and had tests done and they're like, you're fine. What and- kind of pain was it? Like, what were you experiencing? Um, Christina, I can't even tell you how many times I've had this happen to me, but like different pains in different parts of my body because I used to just like hold on to stuff. It took me a while to realize that that emotions can manifest in a physical way if they're not mm-hmm. dealt with mm-hmm. um but i remember one was a um it was like a pain like under my rib like on my left side of my body mm-hmm. i had a variety of tests done and they never found anything i even went as far as like i had to drink like a whole canister i think it's like called barium or something that you have to like drink in order to prep your body for this test i drank Damn. a whole freaking thing of that for them to tell me Dang. that they they didn't find anything and i'm That's just like so what? frustrating yeah and around <sighs> that time around that time there was like a lot of weird stuff happening as well like in my household like lights were lights were going out like the electricity this is another episode this is another episode the electricity was going crazy this is hauntings and ex-boyfriends episode 
yeah, I thought I was being freaking haunted. I thought some some kind of spiritual bullshit was going on that was like, I guess, coinciding with the pains that I was having. Wow. And then once like I kind of like realized that it was a, a source of like mental or some kind of emotional trauma, once I realized it was that that needed to be, de- wow. needed to be dealt with, the pain went away. Wow. Yeah, that was a- around the time where I was like approaching 30 mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff was happening where it took me a while to realize that it was just me coming back into my spirituality and kind of waking up to a lot of the stuff that I was suppressing for a really long time. And I think that had a lot to do with it, like suppressing wild. all of that. Because for a while, like, as I told you, I shut that out of my life for a really long time. You were about to turn to, into a rabbit. What? Like Mag- you were about to turn into a rabbit oh, like Maggie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Maybe that's what those pains were. I, don't know. <laughs> I was growing a cottontail. If, I, if the pain was in my butt, <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I don't know. It was that's amazing. A, it was a weird turn of events and a weird experience. But I do realize that that last line that that I just read about the uh, being pricked by a cactus it can man- it can manifest as physical pain if you don't deal with certain emotions. If, for sure. If you, if you repress things for long enough, it's going to manifest in some other way. Yeah. It's like undigested food. You're going to have to either shit it out or throw it up. Like it's, something's got to give. Exactly. Exactly. Unfortunately so. But, you know, anyway. Well, we're going to hit up Brasidi Orion again from the Ultimate Dr- Dream Dictionary. And this is that book that we kind of source every now and then that gives us the wild the wild thoughts on if you dream about. It. Here we go. Okay. So if you dream about a cactus, your roommate talk behind your back and spread your personal affairs to everyone so get a new roommate (laughs) this can be prevented you will also find that someone you feel unsure of has deep emotional feelings for you this will become apparent within five days okay call miss cleo call miss cleo dude there's a there's a new documentary about her on hbo max is there really yeah yeah, Bro, you gotta let me borrow your HBO Max. I used to have it, and now I don't have it, but I want it. That's the- where I was watching True Blood. Okay, yeah, they were saying how she was like, um, there's different accounts. People who are friends with her saying that she's the real deal, and then there's other people on the opposite side of the spectrum saying that her accent is fake. She's a hoax. She's a, a con artist, and there was like a whole lawsuit with, I guess, the people who I guess peddled her out to the masses on that like, uh huh, commercial like channel. Yeah, yeah. So there was like a whole friggin' friggin' um, drama surrounding Miss Cleo. Oh God. Yeah, it's oh it's good. You have HBO Max. Go watch that documentary, <laughs> <laughs> or check it out on the. If you need the link, go on our Discord. Under oh, you should watch. Now for your free reading. <laughs> uh, do you have any additional thoughts about the Sawaro? Because that's about oh. all we have for you. No, man. Yeah. I think that's about it. Do you think Jillian? Has ever used the saguaro cactus in any of her magic out there? Oh, I, yeah, dude. Have you ever had those like agave drinks with like the little cactus shit floating in them? I think she's yeah. all about those. I yeah. think she's putting that stuff on on like as uh, like sunscreen, but also mm-hmm. mixing it in with like her like ba- ba- baby oil, like brown okay. up at the same time. Okay. Um. Do you think she she uses any kind of oil? She's very fair skin. I think she would burn out there if she used she any kind of oil. <laughs> kind of oil. there's a little uh, section in the book i think in the practical magic book that says like when she moves to sally's house in new york that um like the neighbors took notice that the new person the new jillian in town likes to sunbathe without her top on so she's sitting out in the sun for sure i could see but, her doing that yeah without her top i 
scandalous. <laughs> I think she probably more so than like the actual like pricklies. I could see her using the flowers of a cactus for magic. Yeah. I see that too. Yeah. I feel like she would, this is probably not a thing, but I'm envisioning her getting like a tattoo done by like the pricking of like a cactus and some India ink, a cactus needle, you know, she'd be Yay. that worldly person that'd be like, I'm down. I don't what care if, what it is. What if that's what her snake tattoo was from? Ooh, that would be so cool. What if she went out to like some shaman out there and like had that snake tattoo? Is it is that the one on her boob in the movie? No, I think she's got like a little rose or something on her chest. It's hard to see. We got to look closer at one of those. Okay. I think they're like, she has a snake tattoo. And then the other one's like, yeah, there's one on her boob too. I think they're just saying like there's another tattoo on her boob. Got it. Okay. But what the hell do I know? Well, I like, just run a podcast. <laughs> but do you think that those tattoos are via a prickly cactus needle ink needle? let's i'm gonna say yeah let's speculate yeah yeah yeah. um we do have a tattoo episode planned for you guys right christina you have a whole interview planned with with somebody special i sure do we hope to do it uh chat with this person later this month february i don't want to get their position wrong but they are a super amazing tattoo artist as well as they are like the safety and control for like tattooing equipment and ink and stuff like that but i'm that's all i'm going to say because i don't want to get it wrong i want them to be able to explain what they do right right. Um, but they have also been doing a lot of like sacred tattooing and ritualized tattooing as of late so we really want to talk about that and how it's connected you know in the stories of practical magic and even into the later book of magic with yeah. Alice Alice writes so much about one of the characters tattoos and that so right. it's got a place on the podcast for sure for sure yeah man we got a lot of good stuff coming up for you I can't wait for this new year and as Marissa one of our listeners so uh wonderfully explained she can't wait to see all the magic we pour into the podcast in the coming year and I have the exact same sentiments I cannot wait for all the stuff we have in store it's very exciting I, it's like we're just getting going we do, yeah so we're excited. getting started we're just got we're just getting started guys and it's not a goal for 2023 for me and christina to meet in fucking person yeah that <laughs> would be hopefully, great hopefully before october which is when we either want to do salem or go to um Whidbey island yeah. it would be great to meet sometime before then but we'll yeah. see with like <laughs> less pressure of having to do business things right you know? no i just want to get together and just like have some tea or have a drink or just oh my like, God, right? or or get together and call the corner <laughs> i'm about it Yes, please. You want to get together and call the corners, Donna? Donna, I'm going to get together and do some formal magic for you guys. (laughs) For patrons only, sorry. Patrons only. Um, All right, man. So I guess in closing, before we share our socials, like overall, saguaro cactus is a plant with a rich history of folklore and traditions surrounding it. Its association with rain and its medical uses have made it a valuable and sacred plant to many Native American cultures. While these beliefs may be considered mythical by some, they continue to be a part of an important part of a cultural heritage in the American Southwest. Beautiful. And if you happen to make yourself some saguaro cactus-shaped pancakes, do us a favor. Eat the fucking pancakes. Don't throw and them take away. take a picture. It's Show leaving us, us really unfulfilled. I want to <laughs> see somebody eat those damn pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we got some socials for you guys. If you want to get in on our polls, hit us up on our $1 tier on our Patreon so you can help us decide what topics we want to talk about next and even pouring into our song episodes, what songs you want to hear from us next. Our $3 tier, you can get our show notes from not only this episode, but all the prior 
episodes as well. And we're also doing some after hours posts where, you know, get a little more tidbits on the making and behind the scenes that goes into each episode. And me and Christina, sometimes we have additional pictures or little anecdotes or stories to share after the podcast is aired. So um, check us out on a $3 tier to get all that. Uh, We have our $5 tier that gets you in on our uh, Discord and our private Facebook community where you can access our lives and our book club, which we just started. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So get it on that. And we have threads for like every possible discussion you can think of on our Discord right now at this point. And I think our first discussion, we are going to try to get together the 29th of February. Okay, so put that on your calendars. Time will be listed probably on our Patreon. So if you're part of the book club, that's when we'll be chatting. Yeah, we were talking about dreams before. I think we actually, didn't we add a dream discussion on the Discord? You did. Kim has been loading that thing up with her wild dreams. Kim, you are beasting it with the dreams. But like, dude, seriously, Kim, what are you eating or drinking before bed that you're having these wild ass dreams? Your dreams are so stressful. They are. What was the most recent one she had? She like dreamt that something about like midsummer or something like that. The movie? I hadn't read the, I hadn't read it. Wait, let me find it real quick because it was, it was pretty funny. Okay. All right. So she, she said, this is from 1231, December 31st. Okay. She said she was in Texas with her family with 10 other people that she didn't know. Um, they were being recorded for some reality show and they followed them into a grocery store and they stopped at a display of cereal that was four do- four for $11. And everyone was explaining, exclaiming how cheap it was, especially for Count Chocula cereal. <laughs> Then she says, out of the corner of my eye, I see this flowery poster that says Practical Magic coming out October 6th. My eyes go wide as I frantically start flipping through the stack of posters. There's one with Nicole Kimmon, and it looks like she's wearing antlers and she's covered with pomegranates and flowers. And the poster was very reminiscent of the movie Midsummer. There's uh-huh. another poster with Goran Vizhnik sort of with his hands up like he's saying boo. <laughs> <laughs> and then I noticed the posters don't say Sandra Bullock. I'm flabbergasted and mumbling to myself like, how? could they do this and then i start playing the trilogy yes the trilogy back in my brain and realized that sally was a ghost in the third movie and then and then she says her alarm went off (laughs) whoa kim yeah yeah she actually i saw kim she just recently posted she made a meme of practical magic in like the flower letters and it looks like it looks like it's supposed to be like a midsummer poster or something like that yeah i saw that that she's making memes of her dreams now i like that dreams dream memes there's loki you you were asking where he was oh yeah i thought that was hysterical i would so totally go see a Practical Magic Midsummer movie. Like, if they did a whole thing on the oh, solstice. so dark. How awesome would that be? Alice, please. Yeah, contact Griffin Dunn. Everybody more- listening. Start tagging Griffin Dunn and Camilla Bell in our post, because I'm trying. I can't do it alone. Oh, oh and dude, we're also, I started following uh, Roman and Williams. Okay. Um, Robin and Steven. So hopefully, like, start tagging them too. Yeah, man. Can talk to them. Maybe I want to talk to them. Yeah, maybe that's so, some of our goals for the new year. We want to talk to people who have had a hand in in this masterpiece, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, what else we got? We have a Goodreads where you can check out all the books we mentioned, all the books that Alice Hoffman mentions, and like Justina, you were talking about that series, um, the the author, like other books that give us the practical magic vibes. We're gonna list all those there. We have a TikTok now, all the the you know, fuck it. I'm so tired. <laughs> 
hullabaloo. I just lost all my steam. Your your brain just went to complete mush just now. <clears throat> did, that, did you have a stroke? I know. Oh. It's yeah. funny because I've had a stroke before. I think I, I know. Re- Sad face. <laughs> Way to bring down the vibe. I Christina. know. Sorry. <laughs> No, I honestly think it's just like post-holiday delirium. I really do. I'm still feeling it. Mm-hmm. It's like this episode was really nice. This was so like concise. Everything was laid out. Yeah. Like there was not a whole lot that was questioned. Yeah. Everything was listed. So hopefully this is one of our shorter episodes. I'm interested to see. Tell me, you're editing this one, right? How long yeah. this ends up being. All right. This was a short and sweet one for you guys, hopefully. Still three hours long. Probably still three hours long. <laughs> yeah. Did we get all the socials? I think that's all our socials. If you guys want to email us any stories or any little tidbits, you can email us at, at uh, wow, again, I just had I just had my applepodcast.com. <laughs> Magnolia Street Podcast at gmail.com. Exactly. We also, here's the other thing. We want to do fan fiction in the future. Oh, yes. And there's only some like out there online floating around. If y'all have or want to write practical magic fan fiction that we can read on this show, please send it in and put fan fiction in the description, you know, in the subject box and email it to us. Yes. We also have a voicemail that you can leave us a voicemail. You can get that in the description down below. Um, And yeah, if you want to check out any of our resource, our links will also be down below in our hero app page. Nicely, concisely laid out, all organized for you. Constructed by our patron mirrors. Yeah, keep it up, Mears. Um, dude, I will say so over the holiday. Did you see my Discord thing? It was like a couple weeks ago. I was like missing you guys a lot. So I just popped on. I was like, I hope everyone's having a good holiday. Like I miss talking to you. That's the Gemini thing that was happening because I was just so lonely. Yeah. But like if you get on that Discord, we get to chat a little more. Yeah. Whatever you want. Yeah, just pop in, say hey, leave a little tidbit. Hey. If you have if you're having those crazy ass dreams like Kim, pop on over there. Leave a little practical magic dreams. Share your dreams with us. We'd love to hear them. I think that's all we got for today though right all right i'm ready to ready ready to wrap ready to wrap this up all right well i'm the uh. (laughs) you want to switch i'm justina i'm christina and And we'll we'll see you next time at that house down the street at that house on magnolia street would you go down to magnolia street with Loki. Loki. <laughs> meow. Meow. Oh, Punky. So I just found out that Punky likes tooth massages. Oh. Well,